Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagged Boardcast, episode number 266. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. <laughs> I was taking a sip. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out June 24th, 2015. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're taking a look back at some of the stuff that was announced, or maybe even just expanded upon, at this year's E3 convention. And as always, we start the show with a drink. <laughs> and uh, Paul and I are going to be drinking three beers from Kuka. Kuka. All at once. That's crazy. Kuka. We've poured it all together. We're being efficient. And uh, that might be why this IPA... Uh, an ale brewed with Makara root. Oh, Makara. Uh, doesn't taste that well. Uh, I do not pick up any Makara root, even though I wouldn't know what I was tasting if I was tasting Makara root. So maybe you are picking it up, and that's why you don't like it. Well, I don't taste anything on this beer, and so therefore I can't be tasting Makara root, because I'm assuming, Mac- unless Makara root is just a fancy way to say celery. And it's and celery doesn't oh, taste like anything. It says here egg. it's a fancy way to say coriander. Uh, no, you just made that up. I, I would totally taste coriander because I, I hate did. coriander. Um, <sighs> this is a you know this is crafted in New York. It's a New York State beer. Picked it up because of the other beers mm-hmm. um, that we have to drink, which sounded a lot better than just an IPA. And this just doesn't. It's almost like the brewers were like, well, we're a craft brew company, right? Yeah, yeah, let's make some really crazy beers. And these, those are the ones that uh, we'll be drinking later. And they're like, oh, guys, we're a craft beer company. we got to make an IPA. Oh, do we? Yeah. Well, we've got okay. some extra Makara root. Let's let's do some a paint-by-numbers job on this. Is it is it hoppy? Yeah, a little hoppy. bit. A little it's got hoppy. a real bitter on mm-hmm. the back end. It's got, well, that's Makara root. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh is it uh like a light golden color yeah yeah okay well then it's an ipa right yeah, yeah. let's mail it in mail it in 6.2 percent not that good resurgences uh summer saison with, really oh good. that one with the makara root yeah yeah that with the makara root would have been really good uh add some bitterness but no i had that this week and that was really good first thing that i really really enjoyed from uh resurgence yeah. Nice. Local brewery here in Buffalo. Chris, are you drinking water again? Uh, no, this time I am drinking a cream ale. Mm. And this is for, from Bold City Brewery. This is the Killer Whale Cream Ale. And yeah, it's a, it's a cream ale. Mm. I don't, I don't have much else to say about it. It's very drinkable, but there's really nothing too great standouty about it. It's, that's most, it is what it is. It's most cream ales. Yeah. I, I think the yeah. only time I've really loved like a, a cream ale is just recently I had a strawberry cream ale from a Cleveland brewery, and I was like, wow, that's good. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got it because I like the label. I mean, you'll be able to see it in this week's show notes when those go up over on baggingboard.com or in the episode artwork that'll pop up on facebook if you like us over there but yeah i don't know it's it's a cream ale i'm i have higher hopes for their uh nut brown that i'll be drinking next nice but you know what else is nice the news 
the news, and especially nice for China, is the fact that they just got the original Star Wars trilogy uh, on the big screen for the first time ever as part of the Shanghai International Film Festival. Mm. So this is the very first time that they've been able to go to the movie theater and see it. It's been available on uh, bootlegs and pirated copies for home vi- home viewing, but this is the first time that it was actually legit. Oh, man, all those Chinese Star Wars fans are probably saying as they leave the theater, oh, the home pirate version is so much cooler than this version. This version, you know, the screen was just way too large. I didn't feel like I was fighting in a repel- a oppressive regime at all while watching it. Boxers, really, Paul? (laughs) (laughs) That where you going with that? Nothing. That you know, I think it's more. It feels feels more, you know, like you're a rebel spy if you're, you know, watching a bootleg of it on a small screen at home, and you know, being in a living underneath an empire state. uh, No, I think would add to that ambiance, and then going to a, you know. State-owned theater to watch it on a big screen, maybe. You know what? I don't. I don't need to explain this joke. Just let it die. <laughs> just move on. But we. But I always like when you do, Paul. Okay. Um, but word is that this is something that Disney's doing to actually help promote Force Awakens, which will be coming out in Christmas time, because China is a quickly growing, movie-going populace. Mm-hmm. They love going to KFC during Christmas. Is that a thing, or are you just making more jokes? Because that one uh, I feel like you need to explain. No, no. Go ahead. Actually, it's a Jap- uh, big Japanese tradition to go to KFC for for Christmas. You can look that up. It's fun. I, I, I probably will. Yeah. But in other Star Wars news, uh, our young Anakin Skywalker from the first Phantom Menace uh, still thinks he's in the movies racing uh, pods. Oh. Because well, when, when you played young Anakin, every day is boon to Eve. Uh, the 26-year-old actor was is being held in uh, South Carolina after leading the police on a, a high-speed 100-mile-an-hour uh, car chase after, or then driving into, tr- crashing his car into trees. He was trying to take out Sebulba, come on. I mean, he's he's stuck in that world, uh oh! What what just happened? He just said, "Uh oh." I was reenacting the pod racing scene. Oh, okay. You act like you've never even seen that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been since 1999. I, I've watched it a, a time and again, every once in a while. I have to give it to it. The lightsaber battle at the end is cool. Yeah, and you know what? You can watch. Oh yeah, that. that's the best part of it. You that's can, the only part worth watching. You can watch it uninterrupted on YouTube. The whole fight scene, so you don't have to watch the movie at all. Yeah. yeah. So what's steady thing. Um, what's the kid's name? Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd. What did he actually do? Uh, we're here to stop at a stop sign. <laughs> <laughs> Probably something lame. Um, no, the deputies arrested him. Um, and he's being charged with reckless driving after hitting over a hundred miles an hour, and then uh, he. Crashed into trees off of Interstate 95. Well, that's when he was being chased, right? Like, what started the chase? It doesn't say in this article. Well, I think <laughs> the cops... drives this all the time because people see him and they're like, 
That's the kid from Star Wars. Get him. He's, you know, I think, yeah, he was probably driving that fast for his own safety. Yeah, I mean, he's he had to win the money to fix up, you know, spaceship mm-hmm. so he could get off the planet. Mm-hmm. And then leave yeah. his mom to get, like, brutally, like, raped. Sad people. That's, that's the major takeaway from episode uh, one and two, really. Yeah. You never leave your mom on a planet unless you want her brutally taken advantage of. Yes. Uh, but other than thanks, that, Star Wars. <laughs> thanks for teaching us that lesson. Uh, other than that, I think the only other news we have is our bracket information. Hey, Paul. Oh yeah, Magna Broadcast now likes to present the Magna Broadcast uh, summer movie blockbuster bracket buster bracket update minute. Uh, last week we this uh, past Friday we saw the release of Inside Out, and it had an opening estimated weekend of ninety one million dollars, uh, making it one of the top and an- top animated openings in June. So oh. it's doing really well. Uh, so see, uh, did either of you guys go see it? No, no. my dad uh, did, and my mom, and they said nah, it was okay. It wasn't that great. It was good. I I liked it more than some of the other Pixar movies. Uh, saw it the other night. It's definitely a kid's movie, but there's a lot there for adults. It is sad in spots, so it, it is a Pixar movie. I liked it a lot, though. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad to see it doing well. And almost I, doing hope it does, I hope it does better than Minions. You know what uh, is oh. doing better than everything on the bracket right now? Jurassic World. It brought, up, it brought in another $102 million, making it the top weekly grossing movie it's it has a top week spot the best opening week uh which means that uh avengers will fall in our bracket this year uh i know everybody on the show uh picked the avengers to win the bracket uh that will not be true it cannot be true it will be it will be whoever it's either jurassic world right now or whoever is able to take down this tyrannosaurus rex of a beast of a movie I I know this is something I'll probably wind up saying again later, but I knew Jurassic World was going to be good, but I didn't expect it to be that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I I wasn't expecting that at all. Uh, but someone was, yeah. and that's friend of the show Lexi, who picked it to go <laughs> all the way. Yep. I knew it. Yeah, you did, and you picked it, and you did it. Uh, unless I've been poking. This fact at Chris uh, since we saw Jurassic Park and saw the numbers, and he's like, "No, there's still time. There's still time." But no, it. Uh, well, Terminator Genesis can come out of nowhere. It's oh, spelled with true. a Y after all, for some reason. The reason, and because they don't want to get it confused <laughs> with the band. Ugh. Pixels is going to do better than Tomorrowland. That's just gross. I don't think it will. Uh, Tomorrowland did not do well at all. I don't think Pixels is going to do well, though. You know what? Maybe Mission Impossible 2. Or Mission Impossible... Yeah, well, I'm just going to call it Mr. Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> <laughs> because Ghost Protocol... Like other three movies that are out there. Ghost Protocol was was a relaunch. You know, Brad Bird came on. It was cool. <laughs> it was cool. Come on. It was a lot of fun. Couldn't capture that lightning twice, though, with... Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think Jurassic Park has any competition in this list. 
Um, but it'd be interesting. Ant Man? No, I don't think Ant Man's gonna do it. Because, uh, yeah, I don't. Not in July. I, I I really think like um, Mission Impossible, uh, Terminator, and I okay. don't even I don't see um, Man from Uncle. Yeah, no, uh, breaking that record. Fantastic Four. No. Uh, Denny's is pushing. Denny's is pushing it. Denny's is pushing it. Getting the Denny's push. I hear they got invisible maple syrup. (laughs) And you just go, huh, I don't even taste it. It doesn't even taste like anything's on it. It's called butter. Butter. (laughs) You can see it and then it melts. Uh, You can't see it anymore. It's like the invisible woman. Like the invisible woman. But you know what I like, Paul? Mm. Comic books. And I'd, uh, I'd like to know what you are looking forward to that's coming out June 24th. Oh, man. I wanted Chris to go first so I didn't steal his book. Chris, what book are you looking forward to coming out June 24th? Uh, well, I have two that I had kind of on the back burner. All right, then I'm going to go. Uh, we are Robin number one. We are Robin number one. Because okay, Chris has that, two. That was one of my two. Yeah, I figured. And I'm like, I don't want if it's if Jeff, Chris is only looking forward to We Are Robin number one like I am. I don't Uh-oh. want to be that guy. The book I picked doesn't come out for another week. Oh no! How about X Men number X Men ninety two number one? That was my <laughs> other one, so no. How, how's that one? I figured. I'm like, let me see if I can guess at both of Chris's. <laughs> oh, guess mine. Guess mine. Uh, e is for Extinction number one. No. No. What is it? I don't know. I have to look it up because uh, I picked the I picked what my book for next week will be. Oh. By well, do you, do you want us? Do you want Paul and I to talk about our books a little bit so yeah. you can look up yours? Yeah, Vamp guys, yeah. Vamp. So, so Paul, you picked one of uh, my backups. So why don't you why don't you sell it to me like I wasn't? Like you weren't going to pick? The, come on, Chris, yes. I, I will sell it like this. Uh, you know how you're always upset when Ed Terrier is not a Robin and Batman. Yes. Well, let me tell you. Uh, so is the rest of the world. So what they did is basically uh, created all of the Robins. It is basically the Skyrim Dragon Paradox for Batman and Robin. Okay. Instead of, you know, you know, uh, people complain like, oh, Dragon Age, you know, there was only like two, three dragons. And then Skyrim came out and said, guess what, guys? We have all the dragons. You have There's going to be dragons? so many dragons. And so many dragons. There's going to be like attacking towns when you're in there. Yeah, uh... I guess so. DC heard the complaints. Hey, people love Robins. They want their specific Robin. Uh, but we can't just give people their specific Robin. We're going to give them all the Robins. So that's what's coming out from uh, spinning out of Batman. Uh, we are Robin number one. Gotham City has adopted the R and has made it their own. Hundreds of new Robins. And this is uh, written by. Lee Bermijo, Bermijo, mm-hmm. and uh, he also did the cover art, so it's kind of fun. I, I do enjoy the cover. I think it's kind of um, urban um, stencil, um, what you graffiti. It, it's it pop, you know, it's black and white, and then it has the pops of color. Which, uh, I think it's very striking. I, I really enjoy this cover. Nice, Chris. And you said you were yes. going with X Men number ninety two. Because of your love of the uh, Fox show, Fox animated series. Well, I, I did love that, but 
the love of humanity. 90s X-Men is what got me into X-Men to begin with. And the fact that Marvel's going back to this, creating this uh, series written by Chris Sims, art by Scott Koblish. It's it's fun to see the X-Men back in the blue and gold again. Cyclops leading the team. Jubilee's not a vampire, still has her powers. Wolverine's going to be in it because he's Wolverine, so you got to have him. Um, and the first one's going to be dealing with Sentinel. So, hey, that's so much more 90s X-Men than we've gotten in the past 20 years. I feel like we deserve it. John, did you find your book? Yes. What is it? Oh, thank you for asking. It is the Legacy of Luther Strode number two. I've been waiting uh, probably about two years for this book to come out. Um, Justin Jordan and Trad Moore doing a great job on this book. I uh, really enjoyed the series, and this is going to be, uh, you know, number two of the conclusion of this series. Oh, this is the Exploding Me Puppet book, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to. Yeah, I was like, I read this right, and what's this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did it for one of it's the. It's a cool premise where it's a kid sends out for a get buff quick thing on the back of a comic book, and it actually worked. Yeah, becomes but, something more. Oh, but it was just a way to find people with the ability to do that kind yeah. of thing. So. And then there was a second series, and this is this the is the third, third one. Yeah, the third. And uh, I, I never read that second one. I have it. You can read it. I also have issue one of the legacy of Luther Strode. Uh, my other pick for this week would have been uh, Grayson number nine, which <laughs> thank you, Paul, making me laugh. Uh, Tim Seeley um, on on writing. I can't remember now who's on art because I've been distracted by Paul and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you have uh, Helena taking over Spiral, um, Dick Grayson getting a new partner, and uh, going to be... Michael Janin. Thank you. Art. And uh, I haven't, I've wanted more out of the series, and it's been on a big hiatus, so I'd like to see where this book is going to be going again. So I'm going to try to jump back on. Nice. And hopefully not um, not get uh, let down. And if you want to hear what we thought of the original The Strange Talent of Luther Strode, you can check out our Trade and Falls review of that over at Bang Broadcast episode number 228. And, I just uh, looked it up on our website. Thank you. And before we get into our dramatic reading, uh, we are both Chris in uh, Florida and Paul and I hey. in New York here are both drinking a brown ale. And ours just ha- happens to be a banana nut brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of those things that jumped out at me because I was like, this is either going to taste amazing like the banana bread from um, that English Full- brewery uh-huh. uh, that I can't think of, or it's going to taste like uh, well, banana. Was it? Wells, yeah. Wells. Is it well? Yeah. Well, yeah. They also do a a toffee pudding one. The sticky toffee pudding, which is good, too. It's a little sweet for me, but I like it. Or it's going to taste like banana Laffy Taffy that you dropped in your brown ale. And this is a little banana Laffy Taffy. But I like the nut brown up front, and then that aftertaste is that banana, that baked banana. It smells like the Laffy Taffy right off the bat. Um, It's enjoyable. You definitely get, like right now I've taken a sip, and I just have banana on the on the on the back of my tongue, it's just sitting there. It's not bad. I don't think I would 
no. want to drink another one of these or want to drink a full glass. I'm glad we're splitting this, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, the, the Wells banana bread, I would definitely get that and share it again and again mm-hmm. with people who haven't had it. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't s- seek it out, but if someone's like, oh, I've never had that, I'd be like, let's get it. Let's yep. try it. Um, but Chris, your brown ale, how is that? Um, it's not bad. This is also from Bold City Brewing in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. This is Duke's Cold Nose Brown Ale, which mm-hmm. after reading the can, I learned is Duke's was the uh, head of the uh, owner's uh, late dog, so they named a brown ale after him. Um, it's drinkable. It's not bad. It's probably not my favorite brown ale ever. I'd probably put it like a three out of five. It's something I would drink, not something I would seek out. What is your favorite brown ale ever then? It's, oh uh, yeah, the cabin fever is really good. Um, <laughs> friend of the show, Lexi, answering the question. Whisper. I was whispering it to him because I didn't want to put words in his mouth, and I'm like, you like the cabin fever, I know that. I like the cabin fever too. Yeah, cabin fever, that is from New Holland Brewing. Oh yeah. Uh, in Michigan. I don't know, honestly, I haven't had one in a while, but I think the smutty nose. Smutty Nose is uh, always brown that dog one, one you go back to. I always go back to it, too. When mm-hmm. It's my default brown ale. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the hazelnut brown from Rogue. I like it's the okay, hazelnut brown. But it's still not. I, I don't buy it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't buy like the old dog either, but I always buy a nut brown, a new nut brown when I see it. You know what mm-hmm. we liked was that um, Long Trail. Long Trail's nut brown is yeah, probably my that, favorite. Yeah, that would be my favorite, too, because... It was like a a rye nut brown. Yeah. Actually, that's what the uh, cabin fever one's like, too. Mm-hmm. Man, so we just need to get those nut browns again, and then we're set. Yeah, it, it was a seasonal, so hopefully this fall we can get that mm-hmm. long trail one again. I, I just want to point this out uh, real quick. John uh, just showed me his T-shirt, and I didn't notice it before, but he's wearing all of the Robin T-shirts. <laughs> So it's, it says Dick and Jason and Tim and Steph and Damien. Ah, yeah. he is Robin. Yeah. I didn't even remember I was wearing it until you gave me a little like, oh, hey, that's a Robin shirt. It's all the Robins. <laughs> Your shirt has all the Robins. I had a, I was wearing a button down and it's getting hot in this podcasting room, so I took it off. Next, mm. my pants, but only after this dramatic reading. Oh, it's definitely going to be hot after this dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading of Night Force, number one, page six, panel one. Stop telling me things I already know. I sense the forces out there. I know something is wrong. It's about to explode. Isn't it your job to help me figure out what? That was a dramatic reading of Night Force. Number one, page six, panel one. Thank you. Paul, you, you brought it to life so well. <laughs> if uh, anybody out there is looking for somebody to do their, some voiceover work, uh, just send an email. Contact yeah, at com. If you need someone to call up and be Dudley Do-Right's main nemesis, Paul will do it oh, for you. So I would do it so hard for you. 
But if you, if you want to see the panel that Paul so lovingly brought to life, make sure you check out the show notes for this episode, number 266, over at bangboard.com. And I didn't realize that Paul sent me an article about why Japan is obsessed with Kentucky Fried Chicken on Christmas. Boom! So, you guys so, think I make shit up all the time. No, it's true. It's true. Paul, what do I... It's true. What do I always say? 98. I believe 98% of everything you tell me. It's a good percentage. Yeah. I always, and I always go, hmm, but there's sometimes I go, I think I need to check that fact. And then I'm like, Paul's right. And then I'm like, I think Paul's way off base on this, and he is. Yeah, sometimes. All right, so, no, I'm 2% so off base completely on completely nothing to do with anything besides the fact that we're talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken again. <laughs> and we just got cable, so now I'm watching TV. So I just started seeing the new Kentucky Fried Chicken commercials. Right, with the have creepy? You, with, yeah, with yeah the, have you seen those yet? Yeah. Yeah, they're weird. With I don't like it, but now when I'm just like walking around or like driving somewhere, that chicken in a bucket, chicken in the bean song gets stuck in my head and I just start singing it. And it's really weird and I don't like it. Okay. I'd like to see that uh, Ham- Daryl Hammond there's at least got some work. Is that <laughs> Daryl Hammond? That's Daryl Hammond. Hmm. Oh my god. I can see it. Didn't. Didn't place it at the time, but yep, that's him. The main thrust of the whole uh, Japanese uh, going to KFC is because uh, you can't get turkey anywhere on the island of Japan. That's just not a food you can really get. Uh, so, and uh, KFC started this marketing campaign back in 1974. KFC for uh, Go Kentucky for Christmas. And uh, it took off. So you can get a bucket of Christmas chicken. They have special Christmas uh, meal uh, meals Paul, and everything I, like that. Is it turkey or is it just chicken? It's, it's read chicken. it in a dramatic reading style because they tell you how to say it in Japanese. Oh, do they? Yeah. I didn't click on the article. I just figured <laughs> I'd tell you what something? I know. Yeah. Well, it's like right in the uh, like the second paragraph. So, Paul, I need you to I, I don't rally have your inner like Japanese game show host and right, and bring on. this one to life like you you so did for. Nope. The dramatic reading. Oh, oh, I'm I'm not in the right thing. Let me get to the article. Let me click on the article. Let me scroll down. Tsukisukiman. That's all. Like all I remember from like the original uh, Iron Chef. We need to interrupt. Tsukisukiman. Yes. You are right. It is a plum sauce. Huh. kanataki. There you go. Oh, good. Kentucky for Christmas. This really makes me want to eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> For Christmas? No, just because. I, I can't. The, the last time I had it was when the three of us went out, when Paul had a coupon and we got like a big bucket <laughs> yeah. split. I had it a couple of months ago. Like, Dude! I was just driving home from work and I was in the mood for chicken, so I got like a bucket and like some sides for dinner for us. Did he, did he see this? It comes with a, a Christmas chicken dinner and now comes with cake and champagne. For about 40 bucks. Wow. Bucket of chicken, cake, and a bottle of champagne. $40? Boom. How can you go wrong, guys? Here's the thing. Just get some of that milk carton sake. That's so much better than the champagne, probably. Milk carton sake was the best sake that you got at a (laughs) 7-Eleven. But what about the best news coming out of 2015's E3, Paul. Oh, man, that's so much news, guys, came out of this E3. E3. All, all of which I 
that I found interesting, I posted it over our Facebook. So hopefully you guys can run with this. Um, well, I, I saw the post. I didn't read them because I want to do my own research and I don't want you telling me what to do. Oh, that's true. But I know they announced a new Mass Effect game. Yeah, Andromeda. Yeah. Uh, I saw the trailer. Wasn't so, that... Paul, were you so wet that you were slipping off of your chair? Uh, no, no, I wasn't that. You know what? I I, I watched the trailer and I'm like, huh, huh interesting choice. Interesting choice. Uh, Ghost Riders is a storm. It's probably why I want to watch Blues Brothers 2000 again. Was played in the background, <laughs> and there's not much to get from it gameplay wise. Uh, you don't even really get to see a character other than this guy in a full mask and he's wearing an N7 logo on his uniform and he's like checking out. Like in in front of a view screen, like all these different planets, all these different landscapes, and then he picks one and his ship jumps to that you know planet, and then he's like being a badass, loading his gun and walking towards the camera, and it zooms up and at the end of it, and like he's going to go out and do badass stuff on a landscape that looked pretty desolate, like there was nothing going on on it. So you're like, why? That's how I felt when I was driving around in that weird vehicle. The makeup? Like the planet surf. Yeah. Yeah. In the first Mass Effect. So, Paul, that hooked you for like three other games <laughs> nonstop playthroughs. So, basically what you're telling us is, yes, you are super excited for this. I'm not, you know, I need to see a little bit more. Uh, you know, it's not, we know it's not Shepard. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a side tale going on on the opposite side of the galaxy. Right be, I'm assuming right before the, uh, Reaper War starts and him and this group, uh, tr- solving another huge crisis that, uh, we're just weren't aware of. But if it's, I mean, cause Shepard is who you make him to be. Right. You design his face, you design mm-hmm. well, you everything can. about him, you pick, you know, everything that happens in this. So why wouldn't you just be like, oh, yeah, all right, give me a new adventure. Give me a new three games. Because you love that game series. Yeah, I do. I do. I really do. But it's it's one person. What I'm saying is it doesn't feel... Like, when the first Mass Effect trailer came out, it was, um, well, the first one I remember is the first commercial for Mass Effect I remember. It was, you know... Shepherd and there was two, three people around him, and they're listening into distress calls, a distress call, and they're like the one person kind of looks at him and he's like, "Oh, we gotta go," you know, kind of like points to the screen, and because there's no voice work going on for the characters yet, because I don't know if they even had the voice work done yet, and then another distress call comes up, and they look, they all kind of look at each other, and they're like, oh. and they have to close down the one distress call and go save. You know, they had to pick one. There was a choice. And that's the whole premise of the Mass Effect was supposedly, <laughs> didn't really turn out that way, that you would have to be faced with these, like, oh, you could go over here and save this, or you would go over here and save this. It was, you know, that trailer made you, lead you to believe that there were consequences to the choices, that it was a fully populated galaxy where things would be happening almost in real time, where you wouldn't be able to do both missions you had to choose one or the other. This is like shows you weird landscapes and a guy just going someplace. And it's like, okay, cool, maybe we'll visit all those different alien worlds, but if they're not populated and they're not fleshed out, if it isn't giving me a more fleshed, more lived in universe than what I got in Mass Effect, then I'll just go play Mass Effect again. 
Which we know you will. Yeah, exactly. You're going to play through all three of them again before you play this one. I haven't even gotten through all the DLC of the uh, Mass Effect 3 yet, so i got to go through and play that again. Yeah, but when you go to play that, you play all three, (laughs) one, two, and then three, Uh so then you probably just burn yourself out on the game. That's exactly what happens, because two is so good. (laughs) Two is so good. Two is, like, my favorite video game of all time right now. It's it's a heist. It's the perfect heist video game. Nice. nice. Anyways, I talked enough about Mass Effect. What what did you guys see in the news that excited you, Chris? Well, I was gonna throw it over you, John, because you're actually the one of us with the now current gen system. So, what tickled your fancy? What tickled my fancy was something that I probably will never play, and that is the Nintendo's Mario level creator. Because that just looked awesome. And I love original Mario Brothers mm-hmm. and even some of the Super NES games. Um, I enjoyed the uh, first new, all-new Super Mario Brothers for the handheld system, the DS. Like, I loved that. Like, I loved that. <clears throat> the all-new Super Mario Brothers for the Wii, I couldn't get into because of its bubbles and... But I love me some Mario Brothers, and I love the fact that you can build your own level, make it as hard as you want or as fun as you want, and you can play other people's games. And you can tell how hard those levels are by how many people have won that level. Mm. Um, So it's like an eating competition where you go in and you look at the board and you're like, oh... Five people have actually finished that whole plate of food versus the how many have tried? Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll try that. Yeah. Maybe I'm Super Mario enough. Maybe you're wizard enough. Mmm. From the indeed. 1980s classic wizard. Right. I got it. Okay. You looked at me like you didn't. I always hate like you like that. All right. Uh, but no, like that's something that would actually maybe get me to buy something to play that on. Um, but yeah, that's one of those big things that I saw that I... I mean, top of my list. Nintendo Mario level creator. I'm looking forward to that. Well, it looks fun. Are you going to create your own levels, or are you just going to play other people's levels? I would definitely create my own levels. I would. Cool. Use your little stylist. Have you tried out the uh, toy box stuff in Disney Infinity? Uh, I've tried out, um, yeah, I've tried out a bunch of different stuff in there. It's so big, you know. It's like yeah. either you're gonna choose to spend your time doing that or play missions and do stuff. And I I play the uh, the Marvel Disney Infinity stuff with my girlfriend, so we kind of try to play different levels that we've bought. Talking about Disney Infinity. Uh, did he see that 3.0 is going to include Star Wars characters? Yeah. Like Star Wars playsets? I called that yeah, when that's we... That's pretty cool. I called that when, uh, when after all the Marvel stuff had come out, I said the next version is going to be Star Wars mm-hmm. because they bought it and the, next, the movie's coming out. Well, I don't know if you just saw, but they just announced that Boba Fett's going to be available on PlayStation first. I did so see that. He, He's not an exclusive, but they have like the premiere kind of deal. A timed released. A, a, yes. a timed exclusive. 
Yeah, and they also got, like, uh, PlayStation also got all the exclusive, like, all the DLC for Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. And they also have the time exclusive for Final Fantasy VII. And. Hey, that's something that I wanted to talk about. Hey! Go right ahead. Because this is the long rumored, often discussed, why haven't they done this yet? But Sony getting the Final Fantasy VII remake on the uh, next-gen consoles. A lot of people's all-time favorite game. I think it was good. I don't think it's worth all the hype that people give it. But, yeah, it's it's finally happening. And they showed off a lengthy cutscene to uh, let everyone know that, yes, this is this is real, people. Cloud's coming back. Yep. Uh, timed exclusive, though. It's not going to be available only on... Uh, PlayStation 4, much like how Tomb Raider is coming out this year and uh, in November for Xbox One and I think PC. But and then like a few months, I think maybe it's a six month or a four month uh, exclusivity deal, and then the rest of the, the the other consoles will be able to have it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure the terms of the deal, but I know even just to kind of go back to what we were talking about too with the uh, time deals is Call of Duty. Those maps would come out a month before on Xbox, and then they would come out later on PlayStation. So it's weird that now Sony's throwing down the money or whatever to make it kind of in their court first. Uh, the thing with the time-exclusive deals is that you get to build your entire brand in with that game first. Like, because all the, like, marketing behind that game will show, like, PlayStation and not so much Xbox on it at all, at least except for that that first month, like people will tie. Oh, they'll they'll actually, you know, most people will actually believe that. Oh, if I want to play the new Call of Duty, I need an Xbox 360. Or oh, the new Call of Duty, it's only on PlayStation 4, so I got to get the PlayStation 4, where it's time deal. So it's not exactly true, but it's kind of true. No, but, don't uh, we think people are a little bit smarter than that now? Because no, kids no. kids know about this kind of thing, and they're the ones playing it. Yeah, the kids still might be doing it, but the parents remember back in the day when, you know, uh, only Mortal Kombat on Genesis had blood. So, you know, you had to buy the Genesis if you wanted to play Mortal Kombat with blood. Or Sonic's only, you know, Sonic is a, is a, you have to have a Sega for Sonic and Nintendo for Mario. So I think there's, that's ingrained in people, like, to believe that there are, you know, like, Oh no, Sony makes Call of Duty. You know, or for whatever reason, not studios. But going back mm-hmm. to Final Fantasy VII, they are doing uh, all new graphics on it, obviously. It's an HD remake, but they're also rewriting, doing some rewrites, which I find interesting. Maybe it'll be. They're probably cutting. Like, well, Paul, you played it, right? Yeah. All the stuff with them going undercover in, like, the bathhouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I see that going away. The honey, honey something. Yeah. The honey pot, was it? Was it? And I don't remember. Wait, because see, if you got the wrong kind of underwear, then uh, the he wouldn't want to date you. Wouldn't want to date you. He would date at least. But if you are Aerith, if you got the right type of underwear but the wrong kind of perfume, then he would date. Try to date Tifa. And if you got all the right things, then he wanted to date you. That guy was creepy. Yeah. 
And then he comes back near the end of the game during the really annoying part when all your materia is gone again. Ugh, Don Juan, right? That was his name? That jerk. <laughs> Flush him down the sewer and have him b- fight that l- sewer lizard. Yeah, and they're not calling it like a remastering of the game, but it's mm-hmm. a redo. Of remake. Yeah. It's Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> <clears throat> so that'll be good for you guys. Yeah. It'll be fun. And they're like, all, like all those people, like you can see the reactions in the audience. Like this one guy stands up and he's like, Holding his face like Home Alone, mm-hmm. Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin, and I'm just like, that guy's a loser. Like his face, his face is melting, John, and he's just trying, he's to, trying keep to keep it in on his skull. Ah! <laughs> he just looked into the Ark of the Covenant. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Like, it was one of those things when I saw. I was like, oh, they they finally did. I wasn't like surprised by it or anything. Like, I think it's cool. Like it's not something that's going to make me be like, Oh man, I need to get a PlayStation now. Yeah. But it's, it's cool. Yeah. It's another, you know, we, we talk about buying, getting, jumping into the new uh, generation platform, console generation, and it's a tipping scale and it's just one more piece of salt, one more, you know, one more piece of sand on that scale, you know, until you find that tipping point where you're like, all right, I got to get me a new console. No, and and then and this like like they they have no date. It could be 2016, 17, yeah, 20, good. anything. Huh. Well, they kind of did the same thing with Kingdom Hearts three. They showed off some actual gameplay footage from that, and at the end of the footage, it said "now in development." They didn't even give a, oh snap. Yeah, it didn't even say, like, coming in 2018. It was just like, you got three more E3s. We're working on it. You got three more E3s before they announced the date. Yeah, but this is something they announced, like, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. I, I think it was the year that we, the last time we did do this, I think we skipped last year's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we skipped last year because we were all like, uh, we don't, we always talk about games and never buy them, so let's not do or it. Or that year. never come out. Oh, yeah, come yeah. out. Last Guardian. <laughs> well, uh, no, but Paul, they. Oh, they what? Am I segueing this bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, which does. Oh, wait, Paul, are you segueing that? Yeah, Chris. Hey, that means we take a drink. <laughs> and what are we drinking? A third beer from Kuka. And this is their coffee plus cream stout. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of coffee. Yeah, nice, nice amount of coffee. Um, that's all you really get on it's this. Not a, it's not. Yeah, I don't want to say it's a lot like overbearing, but it's a nice amount of coffee. It's definitely what I was looking for when I order a coffee beer. I'm looking for at least this amount of coffee. It reminds me of the two espresso, but not with that. But two two espresso from Southern Tier had a nicer, richer mouthfeel, especially mm-hmm. on the back end. This one kind of ghosty. Leaves me dry on the palate. I get coffee lingering, but no other flavor. Yeah. No richness on this. I agree. Everything you said. I can't add anything to it. You said everything perfectly. <laughs> wow. First time I've had a really decent review. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, it, it just seems like it's lacking a little bit. And I don't know if it's because we've had really good <laughs> coffee beers. Mm-hmm. But we haven't had any good coffee beers recently, so you'd think that this would wow us, but mm-hmm. it's still just leaving us a little 
Yeah, a little, a little wanting more. So, uh, Kuka. Kuka. Brewery. Uh, somebody to, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna pick up any of their beers unless I hear something amazing. I'm gonna need a good review about one of their beers before I try any of their beers again. Uh, I would agree. Um, cause obviously they nailed me with banana, nut brown, ale, mm-hmm. and coffee plus cream, but you're not gonna get me, f- you're not gonna take me for no more rides, Kuka. Yeah. No more rides. No more rides. But Chris, hopefully the beer you're drinking you will go for many rides on. Well, when you talk about hearing a good review and then picking something up, I'm actually drinking a beer that you guys had last week. And this is the government warning. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects. Or at all. Wait, hold on. I have that all the time. I had to turn the bottle a little bit more. And this is Small Town Breweries, Not Your Father's Root Beer. And when you said last week that keep this out of the way of the kids because it does not taste like a beer, this is straight up root beer, I was like, wow, that's surprising. And I, I found it here in Florida, popped it open. Guys, this this has to be just regular root beer. <laughs> yeah. I know it says it's 5.9% alcohol by volume on the bottle. And has all that good stuff about pregnant ladies driving cars and whatnot. But it tastes just like root beer. Like, it's just not as carbonated. It's crazy. Uh, looking this, looking the company up and everything and seeing what else they offer, they offer a 10%. They also offer a 19%. Which I was like, what, what the hell? That's Four Loco. <laughs> they're, that Four Loco went under. And now they're like, guys, we can't do the caffeinated, like, sugary, uh, energy drink anymore. But I got it. Don't worry. You guys sitting down? You guys sitting down? A root beer? That's actually beer. What? What? That can't well, be. John, when you were looking them up, did you see if they brew anything else like this? Is there like a ginger um, ale or? They, they have, um, some different things, but like, it's been, it's been a week and just the 19%, like, that's the one that stuck out in my mind is like, that's unheard of. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, we're of the age now where, uh, my wife loves making jello shots. We love serving jello shots. Of the age? Come on. Like, we've been, jo- well, we've been, been doing it. <laughs> but here, here's the, but we're of the age now where all our friends started having kids. So they're running around and we're all eating jello out of these tiny little cups. And now they're wondering why they can't have any jello. Uh, <laughs> seems a little rude. Uh, and unfair for the kids, but screw them. They don't need my jello You should cups. make some non-alcoholic ones. No, like Sprite no, or pointless. something in them. No, because then they're gonna they're gonna grab an alcoholic like one, one and give it one. Yeah. So you have, yeah, to, and, and then we have funny. to then we have to keep it separate, <laughs> and let's just it'd be tough. Oh, you're really weird. <laughs> so you have uh, you have your five point nine, and it's just like style. It just says root beer. Uh, so five point nine, ten point seven. 19.5. Then they make a strawberry rhubarb fruit beer. Ooh. Uh, grandma's apple pie cider. Uh, ginger, which is a ginger beer. Uh, they do a ginger spice, which is a milk sweet stout. Uh, the Grinch, which is their winter ale. And, uh, you know, that's kind of all, all on their first page there. 
That's surprising. So definitely, I'd like to try some of their other stuff. I mm-hmm. I really like to try. The, I thought the ten percent, but I kind of want to try that nineteen percent. Yeah, I would yeah. go straight for the nineteen as well. Um, speaking about uh, big boys, the store that Lexi found that we got all the beer from for tonight uh, had the old Crustacean barley wine from Rogue. Ooh, oh, nice! Which year vintage? Um, I don't know. It's just like the blue and kind of like pinkish red letters. I didn't see the and and it was it in the mason jar style or mason? No, it was bottle? just in the regular bottle. Oh, okay. So it's not the H one. So it's this year's vintage. This year's. Or maybe last year's, because I think they might actually hold it for a year. Yeah, and then, then bottle it. And then and bought, it. yeah, release it in that fancy bottle. Because then they yeah, do she, the Mason Jar Lex, one that we bought before. Lexi actually saw it on the shelf, and she was like, ooh, because she thought the bottle was pretty. I was like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> what? The the barley one style ale, the crustacean. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it had the crab on it. Did you guys buy it? We did not. Probably will though. Was it twenty something bucks? There. I mean this this beer store was actually pretty good. They had a lot of decent stuff there. So mm. nice, nice. Definitely, definitely going to be my stop before the podcast now. And uh, what might stop you from drinking to play a video game? <laughs> All right, um, John. This is actually a game I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about because we talked about this last week when they announced it. But Fallout 4, they actually showed off a bit more gameplay footage, and has it kind of caught your attention any more? The fact that I could build a house out of recycled goods? Mm Mm-hmm. No. It doesn't interest. It really, I don't know. For some... Did you like Skyrim? I liked Skyrim. It's Skyrim in... You know, it's Skyrim, Skyrim, it's Skyrim in the future, but I don't have to hunt around for... Bullets, I can just constantly hit things with my sword and my magic. Oh, well, you can okay. still do that in... Well, they don't have magic, but you can basically pick up whatever you want as a weapon. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've never gotten into any of the other games. I don't know. It just oh, okay. There's yeah. just something about it. It just doesn't I like strike Mass my Effect fancy. more than Dragon Age. I understand. And they're basically the same games, except different universes. Yeah. That's so, true. No, but... Well, I mean, I, but well, what about another game that involves the future and shooting? Star Wars Battlefront. And I know it takes place in a galaxy far, far away, and it was a long time ago, but it's still futuristic. Uh, this is definitely a game that I'll be picking up right when it comes out. I've been hemming and hawing about getting the Batman Arkham game. What? Hemming and hawing? I bought the digital deluxe version. I, I, season pass included. I am so... It's coming out Tuesday. I know. I'm so in the middle of... Tuesday! I know. I'm so in the middle of Witcher that I don't want to stop Witcher to play that. Have and, you guys seen the opening video of Batman Arkham? Yeah, but... No, you know I, I saw they put it up, but I haven't watched it, it yet. I've waited this long. I can wait a little bit longer. All right. And the I'm only spoiling thing, the shit out of it. The only thing that... Well, that's fine. Much like you guys did with The Flash. I won't remember it. Uh, the only thing. Well, you should have been watching The Flash. Well, you guys should be playing Arkham Knight. I will. The only thing that would make me want to get the game right, you know, pre-order it and everything, is that the GameStop has the Red Hood stuff, and I would want to play as the Red Hood. But I can, I can manage. I have, I have a house that I have to keep going. 
Yeah. And who's got a new system and uh, uh, The do. Witcher 3? <laughs> you do have a new system. I have a pretty good PC. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I'm going to play. You're a PC guy. I, I don't uh, build PCs and do shit with PCs. Well, that's where I don't I'm going to play. I don't know anything about computer shit. I'm going to I'm going to play it on the PC. Ordered it on Steam. And if he doesn't like it after 30 however days. many hours, yeah, two hours, two hours <laughs> of gameplay or thirty. I'm going to love it. <laughs> His eyes lit up when he said that too. I'm going to. Now, Paul, you were so against playing Arkham Origins, though. Why? Uh just because I just didn't. It just didn't feel right, and I'm like, this isn't. This is, you know why? Because it wasn't the next chapter of Arkham City, which I really wanted. I'm like, this isn't what I've been playing. This is uh, side but story. But it is what you've been playing. It just it takes place at the beginning of it. I know. But it I'll, didn't, I'll give it another shot eventually. It's just, it didn't have the right feel. Like, the, the just con- the timing of the combos that I was doing, it just, I didn't feel like that. You know how they call it free flow combo? I just mm-hmm. didn't feel... Is free with the flow for whatever reason. It just. Yeah. But here's the thing: I get that with every Batman Arkham game mm-hmm. until I get a little bit further into it, and then you're just not even paying attention anymore, and you're like taking on thirty dudes at once. <laughs> but it felt like because I had that too, and I was like, "Oh, this just doesn't feel right." And then, you and got then the next thing I know, I was like all the way through the game, and I, I was couldn't like, oh my get. God. I couldn't get past. I couldn't actually physically in the game get past situations because I couldn't beat the henchmen it felt and it was like yeah. there's four henchmen i should easily take these guys out and they're just whooping my ass and it did feel a little uh kill boxy almost where like you, you go to the place and you go through the level and then you face the boss and you go to this place and you know instead of and you in the very beginning like there's that whole intro with every character that you're going to be beating up on instead of like that sense of discovery when you're walking around like Arkham uh, Arkham uh, Asylum or even in Arkham City where you're like holy shit this is this is Penguin's Town. This is Penguin's Turf. Or oh Poison Ivy is now okay I saw her earlier now she must have broken out and now she's taking over obviously the Botanical Gardens. Yeah. And you're like man why would they have Botanical Gardens on Arkham uh, Island here on the Asylum when you have Poison Ivy? Probably the best uh, scenario. Probably should have thought about that, guys. It was already there. She, yeah. It was already there, and then That's she came true. in. And you do want to teach prisoners to, you know, care for things other than yourself. Try to break them of their soci- sociopathy. Yeah. Oh my god, have you guys tried this root beer? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I kept doing that all last week. Guys. I kept taking a sip and looking at Paul like, "You gotta try this," and Paul's like. I will, I will. I got this other great beer, and then he's finally tastes that sip, and he's like, "Hey, this is delicious." <laughs> now, did, sorry to go back to it, but did you get a six pack of it? Uh, no, I just bought two bottles of it. Okay, because they were selling it in six packs, and now I'm like, man, I this is something you could just drink it all. I yeah. hear ice cream floats with it are really. Oh, that would be so good though. Yeah. yeah. Would they be better than my Guinness float? I don't know. I mean, it's a root beer float with yeah. alcohol in it. Yeah, but yeah. with the Irish Irish cream ice, ice cream, cream, it was, yeah, it was good. It was, it was pretty good, Paul. It was, it was my best invention. Good. It was. That's what made us start doing made drinks for the mm-hmm. Pegram board. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, interesting, crazy news that I never thought I would see this game get made. Uh, Shenmue 3. 
about that one. Uh, I, because I, 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 I was a dr- original Dreamcast owner, nine nine ninety nine. Always will live in my heart. I was one of those kids that uh, it was like. I was working at Wilson Farms at the time. I was making some money, and I scrapped to, scraped together enough money to buy a Sega Dreamcast because I'm like, this is going to be the system. And then they're like, five games, and we're out. No, they they had the biggest release. They they promised the biggest release of uh, launch titles, which they had, 18, and that was the biggest launch t- amount of launch titles any game system seen. Then they said, 20 games, and <laughs> we're out. And then uh, all of the third-party publishers were like, yeah, you guys always pull your systems way too quick, and they never sell, so we're not going to even bother. Like when EA decided not to make any sports games for them, and they basically had to do their own like versions of sports games, and there was a lot of things that went wrong with the Dreamcast. But that's hindsight. How <laughs> should I have known? Sega Saturn, Sega CD. Sega 32X. I know. <laughs> but how could I have known? Uh, no, and one of the games that I bought was uh, Shenmue. And Shenmue, uh, I, because when you bought the Sega Dreamcast on launch day, you also got the Sega, it wasn't Sega Power, but whatever the Sega magazine was, you got a year-long subscription. And in that, one of the first magazines I got, there was this article about Shenmue, how it was going to be like a real-time game with real consequences. And like, if you got into a fight and were hospitalized, you'd actually, like, your character, you would turn on the system and turn on the game, and you would actually have to wait through him getting through recovery. Like, it would be punishing, you know? There would be a little bit of this punishment. Man, why do I like these kind of games? <laughs> Real-world consequences in my video games. I was going to say, it, don't you have to, like, stack, like, boxes, too? Uh, Yeah, you had to, to get a job, and you had to drive a forklift. Yes. In it. But you're an undercover cop. No. You're a kid, 17-year-old kid, Ryo Hazuki, uh, who is trying to avenge his father. Uh. Uh, there was a guy with this. <laughs> my father, I'll take this job at the docks. Uh, uh, yeah, take because... a job at the box factory. I'm sorry, I've, I've never played any of these games. I know they have a following, and that's why <laughs> there was this a, like a huge deal. But for the Dreamcast, there was only the first one released in North America. The second one we had to import. Did uh, you? Yeah. Uh, and the third one was never released. Did and, you beat all of them? Uh, it was years ago, and but yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Are you going to have to eat, replay each game before you play the third one? I yes. <laughs> and they're horrible games. They're horrible. Like you start off the game, and what you're doing is going through the town, and you're walking down the street, and then there's a quick time event. Shinmu created the quick time event. Invented it. Okay. QTE. That is from Shinmu. Uh, and it, because a kid kicked a ball, and you got to catch it before it hits you in the face. Not a big deal if it doesn't. If you don't make it, then it just bounces off your face and something. But later on, <laughs> then you're in the hospital for 24 no. hours. No, they they dropped the hospital bit. Like that no longer mattered. You just there was they included fail states, so you would just have to restart. Now, is this the continuation of this character? Yes, it's wrapping up the trilogy that was started back in 1999. So the first is you're just getting a job at the box factory because you're hunting down. You're trying to figure out who your father's killer was, what his connection, what your father's connection is, and where this killer would have went. And then you learn that he went to mainland China. And so you, you had to earn money, money at the box get, factory to get a to ticket get to, China. to China. And it's like once you earn the money, that's when the game's over? Yes. 
Basically, you, <laughs> you buy serious? you buy the ticket, and then you get on a ship and you leave for China. I am about to. I like. I threw my pen down. I'm about to like just throw my glasses off and go stand in a corner. Like, well, that game number two is all about trying fun. to buy your ticket. <laughs> no, no, you bought the ticket and you're on the ship. Game number two, you arrive in uh, China, and Wait, then the, you but get... the, the game starts with you having to deal with uh, like being seasick, right? <laughs> no, currency, currency, currency. Currency exchange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, and then you got... <coughs> then you're working for a girl as you're trying to hunt down where this killer went. So you're kind of like do helping you, out. Do you explain to her that you got Box Factory? <laughs> uh, yes. And you stack books. <laughs> and out sweet. of boxes that you no. probably packed, right? No. <laughs> yes, probably. Probably came over on the same ship. No, it's a great game. It's fun. <laughs> I like I watched some of about this because people were talking about mm-hmm. it, and it looks like it's Dreamcast like quality graphics. Like it doesn't it probably is. It doesn't look that great. Well, because the Kickstarter got over two million dollars, right? Which is great. The highest quick Kickstarter after the E3. What happened? Why? Why this? Why we're talking about it for E3? Is because Sony during their E3 press conference uh, said, "Oh, and look at this. Uh, we will." publish or we will release on our system uh Shenmue 3 which is on Kickstarter right now go ahead and you know uh back it if you want us to put it on our system which caused so many people to go online uh, onto Kickstarter that crashed Kickstarter and it got its got its goal of 2 million dollars here's the thing though uh back in 1999 Shenmue 1 cost over 50 million dollars to make so 2 million dollars in today's money versus fifty million dollars in nineteen ninety nine money makes me believe uh it's not gonna look the best. What I think is really funny is like this game's gonna come out and it's gonna be like, What other like small time job can you have? He's gonna be a fry cook. No, well, it could be more action oriented now. You know, you learn your it student, doesn't seem like you're, you're a student it's of not Kung Fu. paying respect to the roots <laughs> if it's more action packed. No, it was because you would fight gang members and you know other people, other people that worked for this guy. And they're trying to get into the box factory. <laughs> I'm Shenmue. I'll take them out. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then it's somebody's a, like, "I'm Shenmue too." I will, is, I will what help. we're doing here is basically reviewing the game based off the mini games that were involved in the main story and main game. I'm, I'm comfortable with this, bro. Okay, it's kind of like saying Resident Evil. It's it's like Tetris for guns. Yeah, that's it's, life or death in that game. That's You're damn you right got, it is. You got nowhere. You get you picked up a bazooka. Where are you gonna fit it? Hey, hey, what are you selling? <laughs> it's an economic. I'll tell you this. I know everything. How many about chicken first, eggs? I know everything about first aid and mixing herbs from Resident Evil and chicken eggs. You got the brown chicken egg yet? Yeah. What are you selling? What are you buying? I love that, like, your only knowledge of these is, like, <laughs> after four. Yeah. <laughs> kind of one and two. <laughs> kind of one and two? Typewriters? Typewriters. <laughs> there, there were keys. typewriters. And keys. Ink ribbons. Keys. Roller coaster carts that killed you for no reason? Yeah. Well, talking about well, the... Let's talk about some other video game stuff because, John, does the announcement that the Xbox One is going to be backwards compatible with some games 
make you regret buying a PS4 at all? Um, no, because I still have my my 360. 360 yeah. and it's it's right there next to my PlayStation. I'm ready to play it whenever <laughs> I want. And um, if those games I want to play, I just play, you yeah. know. And I've I've really been liking my PlayStation. I really like it. Like it. I like it. Like The Witcher. You 3. Like it. What games do you have? Just The Witcher Three? No, I have The Witcher Three. I have the remastered Last of Us. I have um, Far Cry Four. Um, mm-hmm. How was that? Oh, really good. I really liked it. You like the Far Cry series, though. You're I do. A Cry- you you yeah. played Far Cry Two, Three, and Four now, right? Yes. Um. Uh. Disney, uh, Marvel, Infinite, and uh, Marvel, Lego Marvel hmm. are all the games. Nice. Yeah. And I've been stopping myself from buying more games on it. Are you excited with uh, PlayStation 4 finally getting a media player service on it? Like, you could actually... You don't have a PC anyway, so never mind. Yep. I like you could stream like things it. off of your PC onto the PlayStation so you could watch it off your TV. Like if you had a movie on iTunes, you could. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, that's there's a media player coming toward to PlayStation. Okay. <laughs> Backwards compatibility is No, it 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 is. It's nice. It, it's it's yeah, it's one of those grains of sand. Like is it depending on who you're talking to, it's either a grain of sand or you know, a weight. Yeah. To put on that balancing scale of what console to buy. And they're, I mean, it's one of those things that they're doing oh. to get people to buy it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, we didn't, we got those suckers in the beginning, now let's try to get everyone else. What's weird is, for the way they're doing like it backwards. Said, not everything's going to be backwards compatible, too. Right. Uh, it is an expanding service. It's almost, it's, it's almost exactly how they described how they were going to do the, no disc, like, no, we, we have our D, DRM built in, you pop in the disc, you own it, like, and then you have to, you know, might have to pop in the disc every 30 days to prove that you own it still, like, you know, no, no used copy, like, basically for the, the service, if you have a game, uh, from the 360, you pop in your 360 game, you pop it in, and then you can download it from the digital service. So as long as it can be matched up with the digital service. So it's like the, what they were saying before in iTunes Match, you know, from their iTunes Cloud service, where you, they say as long as it's on the service, you can download it. So they're trying to – right now, I believe there's only the 10 games listed. Uh, they say there's much more than the 10, but we don't know, and there is no full listing out there available right now for what's available. But still but, cool news. You know what is on there? What what game is listed? Mass Effect. Mass Effect, the first one, yes. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, well, Paul might get an Xbox One then. <laughs> yeah, I want to see if it up-reses at all. Uh, I'll just play it on PC. I'll press it myself. Uh, and this brings the other thing that popped uh, for me was the Rare Replay. Oh, yeah. Which is like 30 Their games. collections, yeah. Yeah, collections. I enjoy those. I enjoy going back and playing some of those old games and being able to play those. Rare Studios, the creators of uh, what games are you excited about? Killer Instinct. Uh, Killer Instinct. Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, Battletoads. 
Wait, Banjo Kazooie has a Kickstarter which is not Banjo Kazooie. It's ukulele. What? Uh, yeah, I think it's just like ukulele and then Lele. Yeah, ukulele. The creator of Banjo Kazooie had a Kickstarter to create a new Banjo Kazooie game, but not. Banjo-Kazooie. I thought you were gonna say the creator of Kickstarter had a concussion. <laughs> And he just started creating pirated versions of games? Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, but no, I like this because I want to play a lot of those older games that I loved growing mm-hmm. up. And I still, like, I have my Super Nintendo that I have games for that I still like to play. I always look on eBay trying to find those games that I enjoyed playing. Why don't you just go to Game Craze or uh, Yugi Games? They they sell Super Nintendo games there. Really? Hadoogie games? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, they make everything. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. How much am I going to have to pay for it? Five bucks. Because, like, even now I look at, like, eBay and I'm like, three dollars. Yes. Two, three, three. Between three and five bucks per cartridge. Uh, unless it's, like, a That's rare not cartridge. Bad, which is, like, That's 50 bucks, maybe. Not Here's bad. the thing. If they release it on, like, Xbox Live or the PlayStation Network for five bucks... You'd be like, yeah, you know what? I I'll play it once and mm-hmm. I'll get my money's worth. Yeah. That's why I bought the X Men game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game that I saw that I was surprised about that I'm interested in and hopefully it's coming to PC. Uh, Unraveled, which is the uh, like little platformer where you're playing this character made completely out of spooled yarn, and as you go through the level, you have to unspool the yarn and you know use it to manipulate the environment and get through it. And, you know, if you run out of yarn, you're dead. But, you know, you get to the end of the level and you ravel yourself back up. It looks cute, and uh, I believe that a game designer said it's uh, he was trying to deal with uh, losing somebody that he loved, and obviously, you know, in this game of, you know, that the yarn is a metaphor for like, your own heart, how you put it out there and everything like that. And how you don't you hope that it doesn't get cut and i know it seemed uh atmospheric and kind of beautiful it looked really interesting really cute and you know hearing about how this scheme has this kind of hidden meaning for the creator made me even more interested in it so this is my small little indie kind of game that i'm kind of like unfinished swan was like forever ago like this is this is something i'm going to keep in the back of my mind until i see it's released yeah, it, it uh I saw some of the play on this. It does look really cool. And I didn't see the um <clears throat> I didn't see didn't see what it all meant like with the losing a family and stuff. <clears throat> so that definitely, you know, having that metaphor behind it mm-hmm. kind of helps piece that game together. It sounds kind of cool. Like I didn't see anything about this, but it sounds neat. Um, um, and there's there's those other games like Horizon Zero Down, uh, Last Guardian, like we mentioned, that looked awesome. Dishonored Two. There's a new Doom game that looks, you know, as clunky as a Doom game, but it's kind of that charm. Oh, Last Guardian looked cool when it was announced like four years ago. So the fact that it still looks cool, I think, is yeah. Then All right. They even I mean, said it was for, for 
gone for so long. Yeah, they, the team actually came out and said the reason why it went away is because when they were working on it, they just couldn't get the AI for that huge bird griffin thing quite right. And mm-hmm. they realized they just didn't have the power. By the time they realized they were having a real hard time making it work on the architecture of the PlayStation 3, the PlayStation 4 was about to be announced. So they just scrapped it and started designing it again for the PlayStation 4. So that's why we haven't heard about it since then, because they're like, no, it became a PlayStation 4 game, but we weren't ready to say anything about it. Yeah. And it looks beautiful. Yeah. No. Well, hopefully, the lead designer uh, left the studio, though. So hopefully, things you know, we, because people are saying, "Oh, Eco and Shadow of the Colossus," but they, they're no longer there. <laughs> so hopefully, it retains the same heart and everything. That it doesn't that the redesigns don't mean a rework, and then we get a weird, different game that isn't what we uh, all hope for. No, I think as long. Once the team's there and then the, like, the infrastructure's there, whether you have the creator and, like, lead designer or whatever he was uh, behind it, you could still get the same kind of game. Sorry, I'm trying to bring up, like, footage and pictures of it right now, but mm. my tablet's being wonky, so. Do you guys- I, know, I think it'll still be close to what the game is supposed to be. And even if it's not what it was originally meant to be, I think it'll still be good. Do you guys want to talk about VR or AR or anything like that? Halo Lens was shown off with Minecraft uh, busting through the walls and videos. Uh, Morpheus for PlayStation. Uh, Oculus had uh, a touch control as long uh, with their uh, Xbox One controllers out there, and there were there were demos at E3. This is something they've been doing for like twenty years. You go and you'd see them do <laughs> okay. this. They'd show you do the virtual reality, this or that. Mm-hmm. We were even at one of the comic book conventions, and they had, you know, you were, like, driving a tank, and you were doing this. And that was, like, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't interest me. It's not going to catch on. It hasn't caught on. Okay. It's, a, you know, it's not even a flash in a pan. It's something people keep going, hey, remember this? And then people go, yeah, it's all right. Like, I can't, you can't move. You, you know, I painted and I made a ham sandwich. Uh, this other one was okay. Oh, was okay. I couldn't, you know, I could move, but I couldn't make a ham sandwich. But, uh, you know, a lot of menial tasks that you can do. It's really cool. Virtual reality. <laughs> okay. Virtual yeah, reality. Yeah, I, I see it still being more gimmicky than anything else. It's not going to sell systems. It's going to cater to a couple people that already have the systems, and then that's about it. I mean, just look at, like, the PlayStation Move or the, like, Connect even. Like, those just have no support at all. Yeah, well, Connect wasn't... I don't think there was a Connect game announced at E3. No, I saw a couple articles where it's like, Connect Connect's not a thing anymore, and then there's an article on uh, GameSpot about how Microsoft says the Kinect's not dead. We're absolutely continuing to support it. They're just innovating with Kinect in a different way now. Uh huh. Yeah. So how you turn your system on and off, basically. Yeah. Now you select your Netflix. Um, Xbox One it says that they're going to support all the different architectures for virtual reality, VR, VR helmets. Uh, Sony is 
owns more Project Morpheus, so that's theirs. Um, and they got to bring back their light wands. Yeah, yeah, motion control. PlayStation Move. Groovy. So that's basically E3, right, guys? You guys got anything else? Yeah, it's E3. Uh, yeah, I think that's that about sums it all up for me. Mm-hmm. Some cool stuff, some stuff that I, I don't think looks great, like that Metroid game. Yeah. Uh, for the 3DS? Yeah. Which is a remake of Metroid Prime for the 3DS. Yeah, you basically take everything away people like of Metroid. Well, Metroid Prime was a cool game for the Wii. Um, I didn't, I never got it because I've never been a huge Metroid fan. But people I'm really like a Metroid Prime. fan. Yeah. It's basically Mass Effect before Mass Effect happened. What? Well, now I'm going to have to replay yes. Metroid all through Metroid before I play Mass Effect again. <laughs> Break out that Break. Nintendo I gave you. Hey, I, th- I think you can get Metroid Prime off of Steam. No, he can't. No. It's a Nintendo. Come on. Come on, Chris. Come on. Did you it see was Mass Effect? Paul. Oh, it was talking 50/50. about. Oh, well, talking about uh, Mass Effect before Mass Effect. Masters of Orion come back. Yeah, no, I don't know it's what that Masters is. Masters of the Universe. No, Masters of Orion. No, no, it's Universe. Mas- he Man. Master <laughs> of. Orion. We did we did the Christmas special All a couple right. years ago, Paul. I don't know All if you remember right. that. It's a PC game, PC turn-based strategy game. Yeah, it was a cartoon from the eighties. Yeah, it was. Uh, much like your face is a cartoon from the eighties. <laughs> if you enjoy this kind of witty banter, uh, you can review us over at iTunes. It's warm in here, guys. It's really warm. Uh, yeah, it gets warm leave us a rating. And if you want to write us a review, I always appreciate reading those reviews. And if, even if you don't want to write a review review, uh, tell us your favorite 80s cartoons and which face you wish you had. I don't know if that made sense, but if you can make sense of it, do it in writing and review. Do it. Write it down for us. Let us know. While you're doing that, make sure you email us over at contactabagandboardcast.com. Visit our Facebook page or check us out over at bagandboard.com. We've got the show notes for this episode as well as plenty of other episodes over there so you can listen to the streaming versions of the show or check out our wonderful dramatic reading panels or see what books we're looking forward to for the list. Or read one of our wonderful blogs or articles that we have up over there as well. Yes, please do. 